And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Time to welcome to the studio from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. Good afternoon. How are we? We good? Very well, thank you. And I think the weather is starting to clear up in time for the weekend. I think things are looking pretty good. It is, but I'm seeing off at 9.50, so it'll start raining at 10.15. No, no, I I think you might have a (laughs) slightly better luck than that. Slightly better luck than that. Let Let's me, see. Let me see. Forecast for Saturday, partly cloudy. Chance of a morning fog. Light winds becoming northwesterly. No, no, it's Beautiful. looking pretty good. All right, so if I lose my ball, it's because of the fog. Yeah, that'll be it. Exactly. Done. Either Love that it. either that, or the fog in your head from the Friday night before. Well, why not? <laughs> Let's have both in play. I like it. Absolutely. I like it. Now, we're here to talk things financial, and instead mm-hmm. of uh, focusing on superannuation, which we do a lot of the time, we're talking yep. about property today. Yep. And in particular, there's a question that you've been asked quite frequently when people feel that they're outgrowing their current property or mm-hmm. they feel that their needs are changing, yep. they ask this question, and it's a pretty straightforward question, should I renovate or should I move and yep. find another place to live? So I guess there's a few different things to consider in that uh, in that question, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, and look, this is a bit of a fun one. You know, we've had a couple of serious weeks where I think leading into 30 June we'll get a little bit more serious because there's some real tax advantages of, of being prepared. Um, we've touched on that in other shows, but today's really one that's very topical because as I've said in most meetings, money's cheap, people are stupid, and <laughs> Instagram and Facebook have these young thundercats out there buying these massive houses on fixed incomes, which, you know, I see different people's positions every day of every week, mm. and, you know, I'm, I'm not against borrowing, I'm pro-borrowing, but I'm also pro-paying stuff off and, and managing and staying within your budget for you. And I think there's there's people out there getting wrapped up in, I better buy, I can handle it, I can handle it. Mm. And really today was just about, should I move or should I renovate? Because getting the trading in the ACT at the moment's, you know, like a bit tricky. trying to find Jesus on the weekend mm-hmm. um, because they've got so much work because no one's travelling, everybody's yep. renovating homes. Yep. So with crazy prices comes decisions that you need to make about how much to borrow. And I think, you know, thinking about what you need and staying in your lane is important. I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in the euphoria of what's going on and, and trying to buy bigger things. I also understand that, you know, people have been locked in houses and if they want to move to bigger places, I totally get it. You want to move to the country, totally get it. Today was really just about thinking about the things that will impact you now so that you're not on a current affair in five years saying the bank stole your home from you Mm. because you borrowed too much money in 2021. Indeed. Well, I suppose if we're looking at this uh, question, should I move or should I renovate, one of the first things to consider is this. If you're in your place uh, that you purchased already and that you've been relatively happy there and all you need to do is make a bit of extra space or something, stop and think. You've already paid your stamp duty. Yeah, and look, that's that's one of the big things that that people come up against is with increased property prices. If you're selling and buying in the same market, it doesn't really matter because you're not taking advantage of an arbitrage. The arbitrage opportunity for people is, you know, taking advantage of the superannuation downsizing legislation where you've got the great big five-bedroom home, the kids have all moved out, you need a little two-bedroom townhouse, flat, something that you can lock up and get in your caravan and go away if that's what you like doing. That's where you have an arbitrage opportunity to make the most of, you know, silly house prices. Yeah. Most people are buying something and selling in the same market. So the question then is, 
for what I'm going to lose in stamp duty mm. that may not be deductible because it's your family home, should I spend the money improving what I already have? Yeah. And it's not just stamp duty. There are all the costs. Whether you yeah, know, you've got legal fees you've got to pay, yep. you've got to consider the cost of packing everything up and moving yep. it all to the new location. Uh, it's, there's a lot of cost involved in moving yeah. from one place to another. Exactly. And really, today was just about making sure people have those things in mind because it's, it's, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the euphoria and the excitement of a new mm. place. Um, and this is, this, is, this is relevant for me because I got the idea of moving you know, late last year off you know the cuff and when you actually sit down and, and and work things out you start paying big money for houses you start paying big stamp duty and if you're not renting the places out as investments if they're your primary home and you can't claim the stamp duty yeah. and all of the other associated costs as deductions then you really need to think about how much am i going to borrow what could i afford to service at the moment what could i afford to service in three or four years if rates went up one or two percent and i think that's where people may come unstuck is they get caught up in the euphoria of oh 2.5 percent interest rates that's great i can afford it happy days yeah but then you've got leases you've got cars you've got you know ge finance you've got the big screen tv you're paying off over five years you've got kids school fees you only need a couple of variables there to change and if rates go up two percent that's a 66 percent increase Mm. from two and a half to four that's that's big money. Indeed it is. The cost of moving could be anything depending on you know various factors. It could be $50,000, could be a lot more than $50,000. But mm. if you're moving, that's money you're never going to see again. Think about putting that $50,000 towards your renovation. And you get a lot of bang for your buck. And this is really what I'm sort of throwing up to the listeners is think about, you know, do you like where you live? Do you have the room to move? Are you overcapitalizing on what you already have? Yep. Now, that's also one that people can get caught up in. Um, and that's always a bit of a seesawing decision around can I make a jump to another suburb or Canberra has this crazy association with inner yes. when there's really no outer. Yeah. You know, and I say to people regularly, the correlation in Canberra between distance and cost is mm-hmm. ridiculous mm-hmm. when you consider Sydney or Melbourne and if I can save an hour and a half or an hour going to work each day each way, a million dollars saves me a lot of time and effort yes when we're cutting up 500 600,000 for 10 minutes in the car yes for me that's just dumb yes now that's not to say you don't want to do it because people have the dream of living in a suburb they need to be near a school there are other factors that we need to take into account but as you said if you're going to move and cop $150,000 of stamp duty then have to pack it up and then fix it before sale incur the cost of sale incur all those other expenses what could you get throwing Two hundred thousand dollars at your existing place. If you're going to lose a hundred and fifty in renovation, in in stamp duty costs alone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about thinking and saying, well, if I move to a bigger house, are my kids about to move out? You generally don't move regularly. So if your kids are eighteen and nineteen and they may be going off to uni or moving out or having yeah. partners. Don't go and buy a five-bedroom house that you're going to rattle around in. Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? You might need extra space now, but how long are you going to need it? Are your kids going to stay exactly. there for the next 20 years? Probably not, but, of course, these days you never know. Yeah, well, kids are like boomerangs, aren't they? They just keep coming back. Um, and I, I worry about that in 20 years. But yeah. these are the things people need to keep in mind because, yes, money's cheap, but mm. there are a number of other costs that, that you have to incur to get to the end of the journey. And sometimes spending the money and staying in an area that you like can be very advantageous. And remember that you can always sell your home with no 
tax because your primary residence is exempt from capital yes. gains tax. That may then allow you to improve its value and then use equity in that for super contributions, for gearing, for property investments, for a range of other financial opportunities yeah. that can help you leverage your position over time. Now, you mentioned before the possibility if you choose the renovation path, there is always the risk that perhaps you might overcapitalize. Mm-hmm. But if you don't plan to sell, if this is not purely an investment decision, if yep. this is a lifestyle Correct. decision and you're just building the home you want to live in, is that really a problem? Well, no, but again, you've identified the next thing of, you know, part of what we were going to talk about is why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it to improve the value because it's an investment property, then that comes with different considerations. If you're doing it because it's your family home and you're going to live there, then all the more power to you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that because then you're going to reap the benefits of a better asset that you may sell in the future, but you can enjoy along the journey. I find a lot of discussions with people end up with, well, what will happen when I retire? What can we do for later? What can we do down the road? And I think the important thing to get squared away is you're going to work for a very long time. Your kids are going to be around for probably a very long time if they're not that old. You're going to be in a place that you want to enjoy coming home to And I think it's very important that people don't lose sight of, yes, you can add to super. Yes, you can buy investment properties. Yes, you can do a range of other things. But your family home is something that's very important because it provides an environment that kids can learn in. It provides an environment that you can come home to and enjoy. And as you said, if you're not intending on moving for a very long Mm. time, great, throw some money at it. All I preface that with is don't go stupid. (laughs) Because if you do go stupid and rates go up, yeah. That can start impacting lifestyle decisions about what car you have, what school kids go to, how do we live, do we have a holiday when yep. we can travel? And that's when people, I find, start to resent decisions. Sure. Because but that's a question changed. about how much can you afford to borrow rather than am I overcapitalising my house? Well, so they sort it, of come together, yeah, right? Exactly. Because you borrow too much and then yeah. you can't get the resale down the road. Yeah. It's... Now, what happens if you've uh, considered all of these factors and you've yep. decided, well, at the end of the day, I don't want to go through a renovation. I'd rather just buy a new property. What do we need to keep in mind if that's what we're going to do? We're going to be moving. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd think about what's the maximum amount I'm going to need to borrow? Is there going to be lender's mortgage insurance involved? Do I have enough cash flow flexibility to be able to address interest rate rises when they come? And I'm not saying that they're going to go up next week by any stretch but it will happen mm. um, and I think again I'm, I'm pro borrowing with good cash flow I'm also pro paying things off so now's a great time to be hammering offset accounts and getting as much money in to offset accounts to pay down loans as possible and that's why I'm pro offset account because there's nothing wrong with having a couple of hundred thousand saved into an offset account that you can have access to for super contributions leading into June, for prepaying interest leading into June. There's a range of things that you can have flexibilities over by having good consistent behaviour when it comes to saving and paying down debt so that you can take advantage of a low interest rate environment. So when they do rise, the, the change in payment is not as significant because you don't owe as much. So you can then continue to maintain a lifestyle because, as I say, people become disenfranchised with their decision when their lifestyle starts to be impacted because fixed costs like mortgages go up. So you also need to consider the rates and other costs of where you're moving to. If you've moved from a, a low-cost suburb to a hoity-toity suburb and you know, you're going to go from paying $3,000 of rates to $10,000 of rates, what does that do to your budget? Yes. You know, think about these things that are associated with being in that area um, because they can have a significant impact on your cash flow 
and the total cost of your move over time because I'm yet to see rates go down. I don't think they ever go down, do they? But if you've moved to a suburb that's a little hoity-toity and a little special, um, then you just need to move into that suburb and know, yeah. just know what you're getting into. Don't let mm. it be a surprise. And, and that, of course, is actually particularly important here in the ACT where we know for a fact that rates are increasing because of they're doing that phase-out, mm. reducing the stamp duty, increasing the rates. We know that's going to continue happening for the yeah. next uh, d- decade or so. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, again, if you're going to get stung on some stamp duty and then get stung with increased rates over the next five or ten years, think about this because depending on the suburb you live in, it can be a significant difference. Um, The other thing you want to think about is, do I want to move into it straight away? You know, if you have the capacity to buy the property, rent it out for 12 months and claim all of those associated costs, including stamp duty in the ACT as an income deduction, speak to your accountant, have them involved in the process so that you understand all of your opportunities. Because as I say to most people, the only bad decision you can make is an uninformed decision. So knowing all of your options is very important and that's where engaging your relevant professional, be it your real estate agent, your accountant, your lawyer, and understanding these variables yeah. and, and knowing your, know your numbers. You know, you really need to know your numbers. Yeah. And in the context of this conversation, we're, we're more or less talking about people moving to a bigger property because we're, we're weighing up whether to move or renovate where mm. you might, for example, want to have more space. But uh, what about the other way around? If somebody's decided it's time now to downsize, mm. if you're doing that, presumably your property that you're selling is going to bring in a higher price than the price you're paying yep. at the new place because it's smaller and presumably yep. cheaper, yep. Um, obviously then you have the, the, the terrible problem of what to do with all that money. Well, again, there's there's a positive and negative there, right? So the positive is, say you are downsizing because the kids have moved out and you need a much smaller place and you have big chunks of cash in that differential, putting them into superannuation to then fund retirement, that's an option. And we've got the non-concessional rules, which we've spoken about in other shows, as well as the downsizing legislation, which is a great way to get money in when you sell your family home and you're over the contribution age of 67 to add to super. So the downsizing legislation has specific rules around it. So understand the timeframes around that because you've got 90 days to get the money into super after exchange. You don't want to leave that too late. So understand what you're doing there. Also then understand on the other side, you've had a very large portion of your asset base in your family home exempt for Centrelink purposes. You then go and buy a smaller place and say, right, I sold for a mil and I bought for 500. I've now got $500,000 of assessable assets, which could have a really big impact on Centrelink entitlements and other other benefits. So understand the implications there before you pull the trigger and then realise, oh, hang on, I just lost my age pension or 80% of it when I could have stayed where I was. And, and, And again, be informed. Understand the implications of what you're doing because not everything is cupcakes and rainbows and sometimes having a lot of money can actually be detrimental to certain objectives depending on what you're doing. Oh, it's a terrible problem to have. (laughs) Today we're talking about the age-old question, should I renovate or should I move and what to think about when you're pondering these imponderables. So, Luke, what are the key strategy tips to keep in mind when we're trying to make this weighty decision? Yeah, so think about rates. You know, they may be your friend now, but they may not be in five years. Interest rates, that is, Interest when, rates. when you borrow the money. Correct, yep. exactly. So, you know, I'd put a percent or two buffer into your numbers so that you know that you've built in some future protection in relation to, you know, what you know you can afford. Um, can you pay it down? I'd be setting it up with an offset account and throwing everything you possibly can at it while interest rates are low to make the most of your opportunity to move. Understand how you're going to structure your loan. 
So am I going to fix some of it? Am I going to have a variable loan? Get a good mortgage broker involved so that you can control the things that are important to you. Because as I said to some people this week, the peace of mind of knowing you've made the right decision is sometimes just as important as the number. Um, so if you structure it correctly, um, know what's going on. If you're going to buy an investment property or you're going to buy something that you're going to rent out, know whose name you're going to put it in. Don't just think about putting something in the highest earner's name for a tax deduction. Think about the potential capital gains tax implications on sale because splitting it across two incomes may be more advantageous than one. So again, get your accountant involved and be across the strategies and the structures available to you to get that correct. Um, if you've borrowed, make sure you've got income protection. Like I think this one's a lay down. If you're carrying a significant debt on a property because Facebook and Instagram says yeah. you need a flash house, make sure you've got some income protection so that you can pay the mortgage if you can't work for any reason. That's an interesting one too, isn't it? Because often when you take out a mortgage to make a property purchase of that nature, the bank will tell you you've got to have life insurance in case you drop dead and your partner yeah. then can't afford to pay the mortgage. Correct. Um, and so, yes, that's a commonplace thing to do, get yep. the life insurance, but people may not immediately think about the income protection, yeah. which is just as important. Well, for me, I think it's actually more important because your ability to work underpins the cash flow that you've used to model the numbers to service the interest on the yep. money that you've borrowed. So for me, if you're going to lose money and get nothing for paying tax, nice roads aside, um, why not have an income protection contract that gives you 75% of your income so that you can fund the mortgage? Because a lot of the numbers I see with the, the, the rate of borrowing and the size of the loans, a single income may not be able to service that and keep the household going. So protect your family, get some income protection and get yourself a tax deduction because I'm yet to meet anybody that doesn't like one of those. Um, and be smart when it comes to the stamp duty. If you're going to buy it and move into it, understand that if it's in the ACT and you bought it and rented it out for 12 months, speak to your accountant about claiming all of those costs, the legals and the stamp duty as an income deduction in the year that you buy it. So again... So effectively, it's an investment property for that period of time, which means you'll also be liable for capital gains tax down the road if you come to sell. Yeah, potentially, yeah. but... You know, again, you've got but only for that period of time, and, yeah. because then you move into it as a place of residence. And if you've done it under six years, you're probably going to be okay in relation to that. But again, understand what's available to you, because with increased prices comes increased stamp duty. And again, I'm yet to meet anybody that doesn't like an income deduction. And mm. if you're buying something just for the sake of it, you may actually not want to move into something because you may be spending six months getting your place up to scratch to maximise its sale value and there could be an arbitrage there. So, again, just be informed, understand what your options are and make sure that you're not staying, you know, too far out of your lane and, and trying to keep up with your mates because, you know, counting money in someone else's pocket can be very, very dangerous. Yes. What have you, how have you put it here in the notes? You said, <laughs> don't overdo it. Facebook really doesn't care. And look, I think that's true. Um, Facebook really doesn't you care. You might think because, the photos look good on Instagram, yeah. but nobody cares. Yeah, your, your, your 2,000 friends that you haven't seen in 15 years, yes. they're not going to help you pay the mortgage if you if you can't fund it. So Absolutely. just keep that in mind. So Luke, where do we get more information? Yeah, so 6260-4749. If you want to talk to a mortgage broker, give us a ring. If you want to protect your income to cover the mortgage, give us a ring. You want to talk about the structure to put it in, give us a ring. It's just about making sure that you've got the information you need to make an informed decision. Envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the Knowledge Centre there and a raft of other calculators, and one of them may be how much will my borrowings cost. We've got the podcast, the strategy stack of Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify, and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, um, where we've got all of the radio shows. You can watch them on your phone. You don't need to read anything, which is proving to be a really big hit. So. Fantastic stuff. Good to go. See you next Friday. Indeed you will. <laughs>